I just got a wake-up call that was like, oh my gosh, if I get a second chance, I'm going to fail. If I have to, I'm going to try. If I have to, I'm going to try as many times as I have to until I get it. And I launched MoniqueBryan.com from like my sick bed because I was just like... Whether you're working a corporate job, side hustling, or building a business, Working Girl Talk is the podcast and community for women who work. I'm your host, Abby Zufelt, and I'm here to help you feel confident walking into the workday and to help you get excited about your career. Now, let's talk. Hi friends, welcome to Working Girl Talk. Thank you so much for joining me today. We have a fun episode, no headlines today because we're diving right into my chat with Monique Bryan. I saw her speak at a virtual conference last year, about a year ago I would say, and was captivated by her personality and her storytelling and really found her advice so valuable. And I was like, you know, one day I'm going to have her on the podcast And look, about a year later, here she is, and it's just, it's so fun when the world kind of works like that, and we all cross paths, and I love it. I am so excited to have her on the show, and I know it's going to be super valuable for you. And let's hear a little bit more about Monique as we dive into this. So Monique has a bachelor's degree in fashion design, three startups under her belt, and has developed programming and partnership with companies throughout Asia and exciting global brands like PayPal, Burberry, Tom's, and Shopify, just to name a few. And she brings over 15 years of top-level industry experience in areas like product development, entrepreneurship, branding, all things we talk about today. Now, she runs a personal brand consultancy and helps people share their brand story and feel confident about their own brand, and it is awesome. Monique is also a breast cancer survivor and the host of the podcast, The Juicy CEO. She has spoken on international stages and has been featured on global television, Entrepreneur, and Elle magazine. Yeah, she does it all and she's amazing. So in today's episode, we talk about her career path, how she got to where she is now, how breast cancer shifted her mindset, which is really inspiring, and how it helped her start her current business. I love and am so inspired by people that can turn something so negative into such a positive. It's super inspiring. And we get into branding specifics because if you are a frequent listener of Working Girl Talk, you know how important we believe branding is over here. So Monique tells us how to craft our personal brand story, how to balance that personal and professional when it comes to digital brands, especially if you're someone who has a personal personality online and their business personality. How do you balance that? She helps us. And how to polish your digital footprint amongst so many other things. This is a really fun episode. Monique is a treasure. Please welcome Monique to the show. And it's so funny. I actually saw you speak at Powerhouse Women. Uh, I think that was last year. And it was when the virtual event was happening. And I was like, she's amazing. And I, you've been on my list actually. So this is just serendipitous. So oh, really I love that. I love that. And that's such an amazing event. They like powerhouse puts on such, like they just bring together such amazing people, like yeah. energetically, like, so there's no accident that this is how we became friends. <laughs> I love it. Totally. I love it. And we're going to dive into some juicy branding tips today and which I love that's like your word and you're already using it yes I'm like the branding is working yes yes, I love it so before we get into that though because we're all excited for the tips we want to hear a little bit more about your story since we are working girl talk we want to hear how your working career has gone and all the juicy stuff behind that so let's go back in time a little bit and I want to hear yes go back in the time machine (laughs) They can't see me, but I do, I'm doing it. I do a dance or a song for most things. So she says back in time and my whole body goes like, like we're going backwards. Yes. What was childhood? Like, did you have dreams? Like, did you know what you wanted to be when you grew up exactly? I, I did. I was one of those kids that was very clear on who I wanted to be from a very early age. I want I always wanted to be, um, a fashion designer. 
I was obsessed with like fashion television. Um, in in Canada, we had we had Jeannie Becker who would you know interview all the designers on the runway and do all this traveling, and I was obsessed. I would like record everything on like VHS tapes and rewatch them, and I was like, that's what I'm going to be doing. And I would um, so like my parents would buy me everything around drawing and fashion and color from the earliest I can remember. I said I'm going to be a fashion designer I'm going to be a fashion journalist but definitely is going to be have something to do with style and with clothing I love it and then you ended up studying fashion correct and- I did I did I as soon as I could as soon as I knew you could actually get a degree in fashion <laughs> design I begged my parents because they didn't believe that was a real thing either they were like what are you talking about you're going to school for something where you get a job this is completely ridiculous and there was one school at the time in Canada that offered a BA in fashion design. And so I did everything I could do to just get into this school, which I did. Um, And I studied for um, in Toronto for four years. And I did a um, semester in London where I really got my my crash course in what fashion really is. Um, It's just, you know, exploring as, you know, a young adult across the world, like you just expand in all different types of ways. Um, So yes. Uh, early age, knew what I wanted, went to school for it. And then I got a job right out of uh, university to go work for a national retailer. And it was, again, the company I always wanted to work for. (laughs) So I was so, I was very lucky, but I was also very determined. Like I'm one of those people, like I'm a dog with a bone with things. Like when I want it, I'm like, please don't be in the way of it because I cannot you know, I cannot apologize for the collateral damage that is coming the way if I'm coming through like a freight train. This is stuff like my um, my brother tells me all the time. He's like, you're like a wolf. He's like, when you want something, everyone should watch out. And I was like, you know, I never thought about that. Um, so I started as a designer and um, I moved to a different city. I moved to Montreal, which is about five hours from Toronto. And I always wanted to live there. It's French, it's European. I thought I was going to be European. I had, a, I had a bilingual certificate, so I should have been. I can't speak as much French now, but anywho. Um, and I worked my way up the corporate ladder fairly quickly. Um, so I went from, you know, being a junior designer to a designer to um, head of product development for all of Ladies Wear, which was um, less designing and more managing of people, manage, um, doing international relationships. So I got to travel to India and China and um, Europe and really be the liaison between our company and uh, all of the manufacturers overseas. I, I attribute a lot of my training, the who I am, the how I manage, the, all the things that I do really to that first job because I got to work in like, I would say I had like four or five different positions over seven years and I had, you know, I got to travel the world first class. I got, you know, I had a six figure income in my twenties. Like, I didn't know what to do with all that. So, I mean, it was just, it was such a great experience. I mean, I look back and I'm like, you know, as a, as an older human now, <laughs> I couldn't have ran at that pace or done those things. Um, and I, and I'm different now. Um, but that taught me a lot. And even though I didn't stay in fashion after I left, I got quite sick of it actually. And I think that's, that's normal, right? Like you think you're going to stay in one position and that's your life. And eventually I realized like, well, if I don't do fashion, then who am I? Cause I didn't actually explore, explore other things. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know who I was when I left and I left to start a jewelry company because I thought it was close to fashion, but not fashion. And I did that for six years and I got my crash course in entrepreneurship, which was hard. Spent all my savings, lost my, probably my sanity, like <laughs> lost a lot of boyfriends. <laughs> like it was just, it was an interesting experience. Um, but it, it definitely taught me a lot. There's so many like little gems in there. And I want to go back to you saying that you got sick of fashion and wanting to kind of jump out of it. I think that's important to highlight because you're talking about that's all you ever wanted, that focus. And when you decide that maybe you don't want to do that anymore, I could imagine that could be a little maybe scary or just super jarring. scary. Yeah. Super like, so scary. How did you navigate that? Jarring, um, confronting. It's just 
like my identity was wrapped up in the who I was. And if I'm not a designer anymore, then who am I? If I'm not head of product development, who am I? If I don't make six figures, what what's my worth? Like I had all those questions. It took me a long time to navigate through it. I don't think I even realized that that's what I was trying to figure out. I was just trying to find my passion again. And when you had, when I had so much passion before, like from so young, going after the thing, getting the thing, going after the thing, getting the thing. And then all of a sudden you're like, you go after things and you don't necessarily get them, but you're not even sure of hundred percent if you want them. <laughs> you're just like juggling and being like, mm, trying things. I don't know if that's the thing. And it wasn't until I found the thing that I felt settled again, like in myself, but I had to try a lot of things. You know, I had that business. I went back and got a full-time job and ran the business on the side. And while I had, I, um, I joined, I actually became a product developer for home decor at Walmart's head office. And my friend was working there. She was having such a great time. Again, back to her old life, traveling and, you know, touching amazing things and working with manufacturers. I was like, oh, this is my wheelhouse, but it's, it's in, it's in, you know, home decor now. It's totally different. It's not different. It's the same. But what I learned at that job was how much I had learned at being an entrepreneur and each thing I would do, I, I realized like my skill set kept coming with me. So now I knew how to do photo shoots because I had to do them for my own brand. And now I had to do it for this big giant, you know, billion dollar company. Um, and even though that wasn't the job for me and I was not meant to work for anyone, that's very clear for me now. Um, I, the knowledge I got there was invaluable. Right. And I left there to start another business with somebody else. And I joined a startup and I was like, great. It's someone else's dream. I don't need to do this by myself. Forget it. And that was hard. And I was like, man, when am I going to find my passion again? And I went, you know, I did that for two years and I went back and got another job. And I was like, you know, it's funny for entrepreneurs. I find getting a job is actually a break as opposed to like, <laughs> we're like, oh, great. Every two weeks you get a paycheck, get benefits, mm -hmm. you know, but that wasn't it either. And I knew that, but I needed a moment. And while I was taking my moment and trying to figure everything out, you know, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and that was my moment where I was like, everything, I got a lot of clarity in a very short period of time. And I really wish something as traumatic as cancer didn't have to happen for me to get the clarity. But when I got it, you know, I always say it's like the best and the worst thing that could have happened to me because I was clear. Mm -hmm. I was crystal. I was like, oh, I've been avoiding doing the things that I know are hard because I've tried it so many different times. I've tried so many different things and I didn't want to start over and I didn't want to fail. And this time I was like, oh, you may not have all the time in the world like you thought you did. And now that you know that Monique, just knock it off. Like really, mm -hmm. I just got a wake up call that was like, oh my gosh, if I get a second chance, I'm going to fail. If I have to, I'm going to try. If I have to, I'm going to try as many times as I have to until I get it. And I launched MoniqueBryan.com from like my sick bed because I was just like, I know it's going to be around coaching. I love people. I love humans. I love watching people grow and develop, but I also feel like there's something missing that I offer that I can help people with. And I'm just going to keep doing something until I figure out what that something was. Wow. That is so cool. And I love how many just different twists and turns. And I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was all over the place. I love it though, because I think that's real. Like I think gone are the days when somebody has to stay in that one job for their whole life. And I think it's important to kind of test the waters on so many different things and see what fits for you. And I don't think it's a failure to leave a job, to start a business. Oh, to go back to a job, to side hustle. Like I think sometimes we have this image of what success is or what good mm -hmm. is, but it's like so many steps to get there. And it's just, it's very personal too. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's journey is so unique. And I, I totally agree with you. Like getting one job and keeping it forever. Like, where's the growth in that? Where's the fun in that? Where's the experiment in that? You, I just found, I could not have known who I was or what I'm really good at had I not tried a lot of different things. And even when I look back, even the things I tried, they were in a similar vein and they always spoke to my strengths. And I always would gravitate back towards the, there's always a, there was always a branding element in everything that I did without me knowing that that's what was happening. 
I really didn't understand it until I, you know, I actually had someone else who, who was in business and said to me one day when I was telling her I was going to launch another thing. And she was like, can I be honest with you? And I'm like, <laughs> you absolutely can always. I, she knows I love honesty, but I was just interesting that there was a super pause over this lunch. And I was like, uh-huh. And she was like, could you just own the personal branding space and like cut it out already? And I was like, <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious because I just, it, it was very clear when she said it. I was like, oh yeah, that's what I do. And she's like, yeah, all this other stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why you're doing all those things. Everyone else knows what you do. I'm just, you're just not clear on it. And I was like, oh, right. And that's what it's like when you're in it. I find, you know, I can see other people's businesses and what they need to do like crystal clear. But when I'm in it myself and things are going down, I'm like, what's happening? What am I doing? And that's why I find like having people around you who you know and you trust and you respect and you know they'll tell you the truth is so important in our growth. Yeah, for sure. It's so important to have that, those people that will be honest with you and can see, because you're kind of in the business, not working on the business. So it's kind of hard to right. tell. So that's so important. And then you mentioned that you started what you're currently doing, your branding business on your sick bed, which is it's just such a crazy experience. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because this show is all about education and inspiration. So I guess, how did that affect your mindset? And I know you mentioned that it kind of kicked you into gear. Yeah, I'm very vocal about, about the health challenge that pushed me into my dream, I say, because I feel like a lot of women in particular, like, we'll be going through things health-wise and we won't say anything. We'll just push through and hope for the best. And maybe one day somebody will hear about it and maybe not. But I feel like when it happened to me, I was such, I was so on my high horse about my health. Like I really, I'm like, I was in the gym 5 a.m. all the time eating well, no gluten, no dairy, no alcohol. Like I was just like, I'm a beast, right? Like that's what I really had told myself. I'm like, there's no way. I'm going to get something like cancer because I'm on top of things like other people who are lax about their health, they're going to get it, you know? And so when it happened to me, it just like knocked me off my high horse, humbled myself and made me reevaluate. But it, it had me, it did, it, it messed with my mind because it really had me question the, who I am, the, what I'm doing, you know, what if I'm not healthy enough to go do my next things? And that really messed with me. And I had to, I was really lucky that I had really supportive family members. Uh, my husband's super supportive. You know, he's had his own health issues in the past. So he knows what it's like to be in constant pain and like, you know, not be yourself inside of that pain, but still having someone around you who can see you through all of your BS while you're in the middle of that was really important. And then I took to social media, like I, before that, even though I had other businesses, like Instagram was not a thing for me. I was just like, yeah, I have to do an hour. And when I was now, it was a super, it's like Monique is really, as I speak to as myself in the third person, um, like Monique's very like jovial and she's out here and vocal about what she's doing. But what I, when I was going through it, some days, like weeks, I couldn't leave the house or see another human. And now it was kind of like COVID actually. Um, so all I had was this phone in my hand and that's the only community I had, right? So I would just share everything that's happening all the time. And that got me out of the place of depression and the loneliness that can come with being isolated. You know, so it's so funny that when COVID happened and you're hearing about all of these people who are dealing with mental illness and things like that, it just made so much sense because I was like, yeah, if it's just you yourself and maybe even just the people you live with alone in a house for extended period of time, you can lose your mind, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, the more I spoke out, the more I talked about it, the more people would come into my community, the more people would reach out to me, even people who, you know, to this day, I might never meet them, but they're like, thank you for sharing your journey because you made it like, it just made me feel like I wasn't so alone. And even though they weren't ready to share, they were watch. they got to watch me share mine. And that is what had me be like, well, everyone's got these amazing stories to tell, but some people will never hear them ever. 
So I kind of took on like, well, it's got to be me then because that's, that's my calling. That's how it's supposed to be. Like, I don't have it that it's any other way. And even though I couldn't work eight hours a day and some days I could only work one hour a day, I was like, if I have a healthy day, if I feel well enough, I'm going to do what I need to do on this business because this is not the end of my story. It not, no, not if I can help it. And then of course the next day I'll be like, ah, <laughs> like in a ball on the floor. And like, I thought I could do it, but I can't do it. You know, and I'd have to phone a friend and have my husband be like, okay, you get to have this pity party, but only for another 15 minutes. This is not who you are. And I needed that. I needed that. And I think if I didn't have the people around me who knew me, to continuously push me when I wanted to give up, I would have, I probably would have. Wow. That, again, that importance of a good community around that's, you. That's all we got, man. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned stories and that some of these stories you may not hear and crafting a story is what I wanted to talk to you about. So I yes. would love to dive into that a little bit because this is your bread and butter. This is why you're here, Monique. And I'm very excited. <laughs> so how can we get better at crafting our story? Because that is definitely part of your personal brand and you can kind of take this however, what direction you want. But I think sometimes maybe we're just very multifaceted people, like you have too much in your story or mm. you feel like you don't have enough. Like what is my story when it comes to like my personal brand? How do you identify that? Like, do you have any tips for crafting what that juicy story should be? I do have some tips actually. Oh, okay. um, well, the first thing, even before, when we look at like our story and, and some people say to me, well, Monique, I don't have a story like your story. I don't have a rags to riches story or, you know, and I always say you, that may, that's my story anyways, right? Like I want you to own your story. So what I ask people to do is to write out what I call like your claim to fame what are all of the things that have happened in your life and like really do a brain dump of times you've overcome something that you didn't think was going to happen or what accomplishments do you have what um trainings have you done you know what have you come through what do people say that you're good at what do people say you're great at you know and looking at because we don't actually take time to look at how amazing we are sometimes we don't have people in our lives to tell us that so we got to tell ourselves that and it takes intentionality to sit down and write it out. So I have all of my clients write out what's your juicy claim to fame. So you can really start looking at what your story is. Then looking at the, if we're talking about your business or even you going into a new role or any of that, and you're like the why me, why am I the one to do the thing? I want you to kind of just look at like what happened in your life that had you decide to now make this move, whatever that move is, right? looking at the incident and then looking at what did you decide based on what you learned right so i monique had you know monique thought she had all the time in the world she didn't then something happened cancer happened what did i decide based on what happened is oh i'm not going to let anybody else have to hear the words cancer to step into their dream right so looking at like some kind of problem you were looking to solve what did you what new decision did you make and who do you want to now go help based on that because our story is about us and not necessarily for us right people want to be able to identify with people they want to like work with or have coffee with like most people who hire people are like well i could have coffee with her she seems nice you know so in such a crowded online space now, we have to look at like, what's gonna have someone choose us over someone else? And that usually is your personal brand. It's someone who aligns, your values align with my values. You know, you talk like I talk or what you say resonates with me. So I also like to look at, ask people to look at their personal brand um, because your personal brand is your story. Like, look at it as like a character. Um, not like it's different from you, but like, if you were to look at the how you wanted to be, how you wanted to show up and describe it, write it down and actually describe it because the words you're going to use are going to become your tone of voice online, right? So if Monique is saying juicy all the time and you know a lot of my juicy words are like bold and vibrant and inspiring, 
I don't get to say that and then be something else. Like that is the who I am, but that's also the who I'm speaking to. So when writing your story, it's looking at like, what are the things that you want to talk about that one establishes you as an expert in your space? And when you said multifaceted, I like that you said that because I'm like, you want to pick one space, yes, one so lane, <laughs> one space. It is hard, but here's the thing. It doesn't mean you don't do the other things or you can't talk about the other things. It's the, what do you want to own? So then when you've owned that space, you can now add on your other things. So for example, Monique does personal branding. It's a space I want to own. But when I have one-on-one -on -one clients, I also have training in, in life coaching. I have training in web design. I have training in photo shoots and styling and all of these things. But if I was to say all of those things online, it gets people not, I mean, they get confused. And when people who are confused don't buy anything, right? They don't even know how to follow you. They don't know what to come to you for. You want to like become that thing in their mind where if they think X, they think you, right? If they think, you know, delicious steak, they think, I don't know, the cake. I don't know. I don't eat steak, but I'm sure that's, there's better steak out there. But what's the thing you want to be associated with? Because once you've identified that, then you can create all your messaging around that, your copy around that, um, your social media around that. It becomes easy for you. And then looking at all the other things that you say that you do, how does that benefit the lane you want to be owning? And is it something you need to do now or is it something that you can add on later after you've established yourself and you've built an audience? I hope that makes sense. Yeah, so many good points. I hope everyone is taking notes. You can re-listen to that too. Take some notes. Wind it back, that. wind it back. Yes, because that was super helpful. So many good things to think about there. And like I said, like that is, it's always hard to kind of pick a lane, but I think if you just think about it in the long term, like it's not like you have to like change yourself, like who you are. It's just that focus. So people can know what to come to you for because it is confusing. And I, I know I struggle with that and I've struggled following people or get it. Like, it's like, oh, like, well, what do they do exactly? Like, right. if you think about it, like put it yourself in the audience shoes. It's so true. It can be very confusing. And it's always about like taking it from the lens of what's in it for them. Everything you do, even if it's about you, what's in it for them? everything you share, everything you do, why would somebody want to see it? What are you, what are you trying to say to people? What do you want them to know? Um, that's something that people, you know, they get, they get a little bit timid online because they're like, how much do I share? And what part of myself do I share? And what don't I share? And I like to say, you know, don't share anything you wouldn't put on a billboard. Um, like don't share anything you're not healed from. Don't share anything you don't want to get on a Twitter debate about that you're super sensitive to. Like if you ain't got a thick skin for the thing you're sharing, it's probably not the thing you want to be sharing because social media has so many different um, reasons for being here and different outcomes that it can have for you. But if you are somebody who's like, no, I don't want to get into debate with people and I'm scared of judgment and all of these things, then don't share things that you know are going to be super uncomfortable. Um, it doesn't make you inauthentic, it makes you uh, smart and it makes it so you are curating the experience for people so they know exactly what to expect from you when they do find you. I love that. That's such a good point because that is definitely a struggle. So everyone <laughs> take note of that as well. <laughs> See, think about what your billboard would say. Are you okay with that? <laughs> right, exactly. And you, that leads me to what I wanted to ask you about. So, so somebody who is maybe a, like a founder, they have their own personal brand and they also have a business or a product. And I come from this with personal experience. I have my personal brand as long, along with the podcast. Sometimes it's very hard to figure out how much personality, like my personal self I should inject to the business. And I know that people that are kind of balancing that have a struggle with that. Sometimes I always like to see like, oh, like the behind the scenes, like the face behind the brand, but how much is too much? Any advice for how to navigate that? I, I always struggle with that. And I know that a lot of my listeners that have businesses struggle too, because it's like, people don't want to see me, do they? I don't know. And do they just want to see the product? Like it's a little confusing sometimes. That is it. That's a really good question. And it's a struggle that I think most people have. And what I will say is 
today, if you are a small business, people do want to see you. They want to see who they're buying from. And the what you share, even if you're sharing the product, it's everyone wants to kind of know, like, it's kind of like with this whole, I'm going to say, you know, cancel culture and all of the things that are happening right now. It's like people want to know that who they're buying things from, you know, have integrity, you know, are aligned with their values. So if you there's it's not to say you you have to share everything you have to be out here all the time but people like to buy from people so think about i like you were saying you know put yourself in that other person's shoes um i always want to see what's what's behind who who's who's the person behind the thing who's the team behind you know what is it they're saying what is it they're doing and you know how did this product come to be um i always like with a especially if it's a product-based thing like take people on the journey you know, it's it's great to say, oh, look, I made it, I did the thing, but people want to be like, well, how? Most people are saying that themselves, you know, like every entrepreneur I know is like, I don't think I figured it out. So how, how did you figure it out? And see if you can pick up on those nuggets. So if we have, if we're not sharing any of those things, um, people, it's, it's not to say they don't trust you as much, but it doesn't create that same kind of bond that it would. And your brand personality like if you have something that's separate that's a company that you know you're the founder of but maybe you're not as active that brand still has a personality it still has values it still has a tone of voice um maybe you'll see the founder if you dig really deep but it's got a personality so there is a brand attached to it and it has a voice that almost sounds like a human being you know um so i like to tell people that even if you're not always in the forefront of your brand if it's something that's you consider separate from you make sure your brand has a very distinct personality on its own that's not so far removed from the who you are because if it's so far removed you won't be able to um you won't be able to authentically be you over here or the brand over there and if people do find you know you online one day um they may you know it may be jarring for them if it's very very different yeah, totally. That consistency is really important. And yeah. I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I was just thinking about it while you were talking. There have been like times where I like stumble on like, oh, this is a cute brand. And if there's like no people, I'm like, wait, is this real? Like, I think it, me too. I'm like, is this a bot? I was like, what is this? <laughs> is this fake? Should I be? I don't trust these people. I, if I don't see, if I can't go and find your team, I can't find a founder, I can't find a face, I can't find a social media presence. I'm like, this is not a real business. Yeah, it's it, it's so true. It's the way it is. So I, I think that is important to put yourself a little bit in there so people know you're at least real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about the online space now. And from a personal brand perspective, that could be a lot of different things. There's a lot of platforms, a lot of stuff to worry about, I guess, when it comes to a personal brand in the online space. Do you have any specific tips for like polishing that personal brand online or places to make sure that it's cultivated? Uh, yes, absolutely. I like to say, go clean up your digital house and go and do it right now. Um, so what that may look like is looking at all of your social media platforms and cleaning them up, especially if they are active or live, right? So looking at the bios of those platforms, you know, does it tell people what you do, who you help? Is it very clear or is it you know, multifaceted, like everything, you know, and you cook cup, you make cupcakes and you're a life coach and you're, you know, a lawyer and you're a dog mom. It's like, mm -hmm. people want to know, how do you help me? What's in it for me? And then looking at all of the photography you have online. So headshots, not everyone is going to go and get headshots, even though I think everyone should have a professional headshot if you are a professional. Um, and having it so it's up close where I can see your face and it's not like, a picture of your baby or your dog or your plant, you know, or it's so far away that I can't see who it is because this is all about creating that like, likability and trust factor and people trust people. So let me see your face and let, what are you hiding? That's what people are always thinking. What are you hiding? You know, so cleaning up your social media platforms, if you are not active on them, that's okay. Um, I mean, it's not, but it's okay that you um, maybe don't have time to put into it right now, but make sure that they are 
putting your best polished foot forward still because we only have a few minutes, like not even minutes, a few seconds to make a powerful first impression. So if somebody found it, would you know the photos be clean? Would they be, um, would the bio be clear? Would people be like, oh, okay, I know what you do. You know, maybe you're not for me right now, but it's very clear. Then looking at, do you have, I always say like the best way to find out about yourself is go Google yourself. What comes up? If it's old articles and old YouTubes and old jobs and all of those things, get rid of them, right? So that means update your LinkedIn profile. A lot of people are like, well, I don't use, I don't really do anything. Even if you're an entrepreneur, you need to update your LinkedIn profile because that's where people who are doing business companies are looking. So you, again, you don't need to be active, but you want to make sure that your platform looks polished and your links don't go to like some dormant 404 nobody's here broken website. Um, so it's really about clarity and curating the visibility for people. It's like you, your brand is a curated experience. It's whatever you say is out there. I like to say you are whoever you say you are. Right. So if Monique was a jewelry designer, I did, I was like, I'm a jewelry designer. I'm a jewelry. I said that for years. And all of a sudden people were like, oh yeah, you're Monique, that jewelry designer. I was like, see, it worked. <laughs> then I wasn't that. And I was um, running a fashion incubator and I was like, oh, I work for this company. I work for this company. And they're like, oh, you're that one that works for this company. So it's our job to tell the, tell people who we are, how to find us. And then, then using all of our visuals, our online presence to back up and reinforce the, who we say we are. I love that. And that reminded me, sometimes people do struggle with like who they are in, in a way of like, say you're a startup. And I had this struggle when I first started the podcast. I didn't ever mention that I was a podcast host, like meeting somebody. I would just mention like my full-time job, like my day job. And I, it's just funny that that happens. And I don't know if it's like a confidence thing, but what would you say to somebody who has trouble like owning who they are, like saying that when you say like, if they are, you are who you tell them you are, what if you have a trouble saying who you are in the first place? Yeah, that is, that's a confidence. That's, that's a bit of imposter syndrome rearing its ugly head. The thing I know about imposter syndrome is one, it doesn't really go anywhere necessarily, but with, you know, confidence comes with confidence. So the more you're doing the thing, the more confident you will feel putting it out there. Um, there's a lot of self-awareness and self-development that need to happen as humans, period. But especially if, you know, you go into business for yourself and you don't have anyone to hold you accountable. Um, so doing things like listening to podcasts and reading books and following your mentors will give you more confidence to go out and do what you want to do, especially if you don't have the people around you who, one, understand what you do, because a, a lot of people have friends who are their friends, but they have zero clue what they actually do. <laughs> I can't tell you how many years it took before my friends were like, now explain to me what you mean when you say you're doing a launch. We just know you disappear for about a month but we don't actually know what that means. And I was like, oh, I never thought about that. So let me break it down for you because in my business circles, everyone knows what a launch is, you know? So I think you've got to continue to do the thing that you're passionate about. And the more you do it, the more confident you will become. And then you'll probably start sharing with people. I love that. Such great advice. So true. And how have you seen a brand tell its story in a good way? Like, do you have an example of like a favorite brand or a personal brand of somebody who's doing a good job at executing everything we've discussed? Oh, I know I I'm, like, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> owning me on the spot. Well, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, I used to listen to Gary in my ears all the time. I mean, that's just also my personality very much like, go, go, do, do, go, go, do, right? So he's done a really great job of being very consistent of the who he is and showing up as that. Like you're not gonna get lukewarm Gary on a podcast, on a panel, any of that stuff. And so I think he's done a really great job of curating his message, staying on brand and letting everybody know the this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And he stays in his lane. Like he's not talking about a million things. He may build on things and build in other things over time, but in the beginning, if you follow his journey, he was this, he was like, no, I talk about wine. Oh, no, I talk about social media. Oh, no. You know, now he has like Vayner Sports and all these other things. But they never seem like so far to, out of left field because we've gotten to know him over the years. Um, another person I really love their personal brand is Bozema St. John. And she is the 
you know, the CMO of, I mean, she's in so many, I mean, she was of Uber and then she was in Netflix and hired her. Like she is, I was just watching, every time I watch her interviews on YouTube, she's always her, you know, and that's how I always know, like somebody is who they say they are. They are authentically themselves. The things she says are always seem in line with the who she is. Um, she's very unapologetic about the, you know, asking for what you want in terms of salary when you go into a job, knowing your worth. Um, also, she is like a super diva dressed up to the nine, like not somebody you would typically see in some of these corporate spaces. And she's like, well, you know, you're going to be looking at me anyways, because I'm like tall and black and have huge hair and these crazy long nails. So I might as well just continue to be myself. And I just respect that so much. And I think like some of the best brands, it's the consistency, right? Like it, and that's what creates that trust. It's like, I know I can look at them three years from now, a couple of years from now, their book will come out. It's consistent. Their voice is consistent. Like those are just two examples of people. I'm like, yeah, I can continue to jam with you and I would still buy all of your stuff because I know what to expect. Yeah, I love that. Those are really good examples. So true. So everyone go check them out if you don't know who they are and get some inspo because those some are really inspo. Good. Get some inspo. Yes, I love it. And we are almost heading into the Working Girl Talk top 10, but one last question for you on branding. So in one of your previous podcast episodes, I saw that you talked a little bit about how your brand creates that law of attraction. And mm. basically, like, if you're putting that out there, you can receive it. So can you kind of talk about that? Like, why is cultivating your personal brand important? And how does it help you get to where you want to go? So the law of attraction piece, I mean, the reputation piece is super important. The how we think about people online is super important. But when we think about when I think about like how it attracts the what we want and the opportunities, it's really about um, creating these memorable experiences for other people, right? Being somebody who's top of mind attracts things towards you, right? So one of the like largest stages I had been on was, you know, Lori Harder's Bliss Project. And one of the things that happened in that wasn't just, you know, okay, Monique, you know, we think you're, we think you're awesome. Come speak on our stage. It was from the minute I met her a year before that, you know, I said, I really, you know, next year I'm going to be on your stage. And she was like, sure. Okay. Whatever you say, Monique, never met her before. Do not know her. She, you know, has multiple million dollar businesses, 6 million downloads on her podcast. She's like, I don't know who you are. And then what I did over the next year was I continue to do what I do, which is show up, be consistent with my message, be consistent um, with how I show up and following the people that I would like to be associated with. So her being one of those people and then delivering value before even getting, you know, take doing the ask, which was, you know, something that Lori always would say at the end of her podcast is like, hey, if you like this, you know, snap a shot, put it on your story, tag me. And that's something that, you know, podcasters do, but not everybody takes them up on that offer. And I was like, well, if I want to, you know, be around her, like, I want to be able to show her that, like, I value the stuff that she does. And I'm going to like, share with my community. And that created me being on her radar, right? So there's the getting on the radar, but then later having her look at my looking at me looking at my online presence and being like, Oh, I've been watching you, you know, and that's what she said, I've been watching you, I've been watching your progress, I've been watching what you're doing. And that's what had, you know, her ask me to come and speak, you know, on at, at, at her event. And had I not been doing all of those things, that probably wouldn't have happened because I'm making sure I stay top of mind for her. But even if I'm top of mind, I'm making sure that my brand is on brand, that it's consistent, yeah. that it's curated. It's exactly how I want to be perceived. So because the thing with people and collaborations or partnerships, um, even people asking you to be on their podcast is they want to make sure that you're going to be bringing value to their audience. So you've got your values and your brand needs to be aligned with their values and their brand, right? So when you are aligned with the people, when you know who you want to be around and you know who you want to attract, you start aligning your values and your brand with those people. And when you do that, that starts bringing them into your circles. You attract all that juice and that's when the opportunities come. 
I love that. And I love that the way that you put that makes it sound so approachable and like able to be accomplished, which we can all do. It. Yes. We can all yeah. Do it. I, I love that. So that's so inspiring for everyone that like you can do that. It's little steps, cultivating that brand, being consistent, being authentic. It's possible. And I love that. That's a great example. It's all possible. It's all, po it's, and it's, it's intentional, yeah. right? Like being intentional, knowing where you want to go, being like the big, being the visionary in your life. So, you know, like, what is it I'm actually out to accomplish will make the stuff you don't want to do or the harder stuff less hard because you're like, these are just stepping stones towards the big thing that I really want. I love big picture that will really help because there's a lot of hard days, a lot of hard times, so. a lot of hard days, a lot of hard days. <laughs> I'm just saying if whatever gets you through, whatever gets you through, but yeah. yes, the vision is what keeps us going. Our why we do what we do keeps us going. Our want for more is what keeps us going, but we've got to remember them because it's easy to forget them. Totally. I totally agree. That's why I save like screen every, anytime, like a good review or somebody messaged me like, Oh, this episode, I, I did this. I always screenshot and save it. Cause I'm like, this will keep me going during the, keep going the to the time. next day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we're going to head into the working girl talk top 10, although I could keep talking to you forever. So this was super fun. Time flew by. Um, so just 10 quick questions to let the audience get to know a little bit more about you. I'm are ready. you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Good. You are ready. <laughs> Okay. My first job ever was a folder of clothes at a department store. My day is not complete without. Oh, that's a good one. Without caffeine. Next one. I'm obsessed with blank right now. Whatever you're obsessed with, a, sh a show, a food, Oh my God. A I'm obsessed with Blindspot on Netflix. <laughs> Ooh, I haven't watched that. Oh my God, it's so good. It's like Ooh. the old, if you've ever know that show 24 yeah. back in the day, this is like a new version of that where every episode, it looks like everyone is going to die and it's the end of the world, but it never happens, but you still keep watching. Ooh, okay. I'm very intrigued. Someone that I look up to. Ooh, someone I look up to. I mean, there's a few people. I'm going to say my husband. Love he's that. just, he's, he's my rock. He's very grounded. We are opposites, but we have the exact same values in life. Currently listening to, so this could be a book, a podcast, a song, what you're jamming to right now, currently listening to. I am currently listening to We Should All Be Millionaires on Audible by Rachel Rogers. Ooh, that sounds good. I love that title. It's super juicy. Favorite workday snack. My favorite workday snack are noms, the hazelnut ones, you know, like the, the balls that are like the healthy treat Ooh, and they're like hazelnut in chocolate, gluten-free, but they taste like donuts, but they're not. It sounds amazing. Okay. I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm getting so much great insight from this. <laughs> you just take this list of tips. That. You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah new snack, new snack. <laughs> um, next one. I have blank at my desk always. I have my iPad at my desk always with my iPad smart pen. I feel most confident when? Oh, when I'm dressed up in the most amazing outfit. Proudest moment in your career so far? What The proudest moment is when in my last group program, I had somebody like come on and like stop the training to tell me how much I had changed her life and had not a dry eye on the call. And it was so like out of left field for me just because I'm in the middle of training. Um, it, it was a very proud moment. It made me really remind me that what I do makes a difference. It's not all like branding that's just like cute and it's about your logo. It's like, no, it's deep rooted in the like the becoming who you are so you can step out here. Like that was a very proud moment for me. Oh, that is awesome. I love that. And next one, number 10, you're almost there. I'm inspired by. I'm inspired two things. I'm going to say new places and new experiences, but I get really inspired by my clients. Like when they take the coaching, do the work and they come back to me and be like, I got this media spot or I got this client or I just got out of my own way. Like that's super inspiring to me because it just continues to surprise me. Human beings continue to surprise me. We are no one way. We are continuously evolving. So every time they have an accomplishment, super inspiring to me. 
I love it. And you made it through the top 10. So good. Yes. Woohoo! <laughs> and where can everyone keep up with you and what's coming up next? Definitely, you know, come and follow me on Instagram. That's where I do all of my shenanigans and I'm, you know, as a constant. So Monique Brian underscore co. Um, also I have a podcast called the juicy CEO, so you can hear me in your ears at really we release an episode every Wednesday. Um, and what's coming up, I'm super excited. Um, I am doing a live masterclass called, um, from brand to bank. And it's all about showing you how your personal brand and your business actually impacts your bottom line. Um, so I have one coming up on August the 4th at 12 PM EST and on August the 7th, 11 AM. Eastern Standard Time. I'm super excited about it. Amazing. Even, can I just say, even the name of that from brand to bank, like that is it's so, juicy, like, right? Yes. Well, and it's like your brand. Like, I just feel like it all comes back. Like, that is awesome. I love it. And so it's totally free. So, if anybody wants that, um, definitely go to bit.ly forward slash brand to bank and you can sign up and I will see you there. As you're listening right now, take a screenshot of the episode, share it to your Instagram story, tag Monique, tag working girl talk, and tell us what you think of the episode. We always love to hear what you have to say. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Monique. She is amazing. Make sure to go follow her. And at the end of every working girl talk episode, we do a Friday favorite. So something that week that I liked, a quote, a show, a food, whatever it is, just something that I want to share with you that's a fun little thing to add to your day. Today's is just a little mantra that I've been thinking about this week of just enjoying where you're at because I am the type where I'm on to the next thing. It's really hard for me to enjoy things because I'm just thinking about how far I am from where I want to be, but that's not a great way to live. So this week I've been just been trying to think about enjoying where you're at, just enjoying the view where you are right now and I want to extend that opportunity, that goal, that that idea to you as well to just enjoy where you're at because if you think about yourself a few years ago, you probably would love to see yourself where you are now. And I know this is something that I've brought up on the show before, but it never hurts to think about it again. If you are not, make sure to subscribe to Working Girl Talk. That way you can get your weekly dose of some confidence, some education, some inspiration as you head into the workday and tackle your career right now because we all need some career inspiration and motivation and this is the podcast to help you get that make sure to review the show always love reading your reviews and even if you've left a review before you can leave one again and rate the podcast five stars that just helps the podcast get seen by more working women to grow this community and that's a great way to thank your local podcaster leave a review and subscribe to the show wow they love it (laughs) thank you so much for listening i will talk to you next week have a wonderful work day